Welcome to Southern New Hampshire University's Social Sciences podcast, Agents of Change. Here we invite students and professionals to chat with us on topics of inclusion and diversity, student success, and their learning experiences. In this podcast, we will hear insights and personal accounts of people who have persisted against the odds and impacted positive social change. Join us as we learn how we can all be positive agents of change. Agents of Change podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Dr. Liz Johnson, an Associate Dean of Social Sciences here at Southern New Hampshire University. During this episode, we will be speaking with Jared Campbell from Southern New Hampshire University's Office of Diversity and Inclusion and learn a little more about DEI as well as current and upcoming DEI initiatives. So I'd like to welcome our special guest, Jared. He is the Assistant Vice President of Strategy and Outreach within the Office of Diversity and Inclusion here at Southern New Hampshire University. So welcome, Jared. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Dr. Johnson. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. I'm excited to get into this because uh, the Office of Diversity and Inclusion has a lot of different activities and initiatives, both on current and ongoing, as well as coming up. Um, so before we start, I, I will just disclose um, SNU is the king of acronyms. So the <laughs> Office of Diversity and Inclusion, uh, we also refer to as ODI or OD sometimes. Um, yeah, and then diversity, equity, inclusion, we refer to as DEI. Um, so again, today we're here to discuss diversity, equity, and inclusion, why it's important, how the Office of Diversity, and Equity, and Inclusion is promoting it, how we can get involved. Uh, so, um, Jared, I'm going to start off by reading a, a blurb from the ODI website, uh, just sure. generally the, the about us portion. So it says, the job of increasing equity isn't the job of a few people and it can't come from the top down. It's about everyone moving forward to change the environment so we can change the conversation. But there have to be resources and staff dedicated to help that change move forward. So building on that, which I know is a lot, can you tell us what exactly is the Office of Diversity and Inclusion uh, and the role it serves here at the university? Sure, no, um, one, I love the, I love, I love the office statement there. I think it's so important to kind of just ground everybody that it's it's not the work of a few, but the work of many. Um, and that it's not something that should be an afterthought, but more uh, kind of baked into all that we do in order to kind of uh, achieve some of the objectives I think that we all have. So I, I really, I really do love that. Um, but yeah, OD, um, really, it, it's led by our chief diversity officer, uh, Jada Hebra. Uh, we are technically part of um, the Office of the President, uh, and it's a, a team of, of eight individuals. Uh, really, I would say our entire um, reason for existing or what, what drives us is the it was the creation and now the implementation of our DEI strategic plan. So in 2018, uh, the university um, tasked uh, uh, Jada and, and team with the creation of what we refer to as another acronym coming, uh, the SMOA, or uh, it stands for the Social Mobility and Opportunity Agenda, but really it's our DEI strategic plan. So it, it lays out uh, as of 2018, so we're coming up pretty quickly on the year five of the plan, but it laid out a series of commitments and objectives that the university aspired to achieve. Um, really centered around, and I can uh, 
our learners, like creating high like credentials our learners need and want, um, the employees uh, and the employee experience uh, that's going to be necessary to serve those learners, um, our our technology, um, thinking about the learners of um, of the future. So back then the future was twenty thirty, but now we're really thinking about the learners of twenty twenty five and the learners of twenty thirty. And, um, and just creating that academic support model. So we're thinking of those really five pillars and then within each pillar, thinking about creating um, just and equitable experiences, thinking about um, creating that sense of belonging and also um, creating a culture of learning. So uh, that's a lot, a lot of words I know, but really like our the OD's purpose was the creation of that plan and now the, um, the shepherding and, and ushering it to actually achieving those objectives. So that's really what I've been focused on with the rest of the team since since we've been here is how do we take these from conceptual or abstract to actually something that's being done and that we can, um, and to, towards achieving those higher level DEI goals. Um, and it's, it's, it's really been quite a journey, I think, since 2018. And, and we're excited as we approach year five of it to really go back and, and see where we've been, where we are, and where we need to go. Uh, some of where we're, what we'll, what we've been thinking about and focusing on um, as as we as I join you today. That's a little bit about who we are and what we do. But there's also there's also a ton of other groups across the university, as as you know, that uh, do work in the DEI space. So we try to be partners to those groups and, and really be a, a community because, uh, like you said, no one can do it all. So the more that more people that are involved in this work, the the, the better we'll we'll all be for it. Well, yeah, thank you for that description. It's, it's, it is daunting how much is going on and who is doing what, and there are a lot of moving parts. So it is nice oh. to have a unifying <laughs> aspect, someone to bring them all together, to help, help us understand what's going on and how, what we can do, or really just where the university is going. Yeah. And like yeah, you say, we... it's, it's great that there's a 2025 vision, a 2030 vision that it's hopefully won't grow stagnant. I agree. And we try to change and stay current. I mean, you think about where we were in 2018 and a few things have happened since then, uh, like <laughs> pandemics and, and just like the social, social justice movements of uh, 2019 and 2020. It's like it's just you have to adapt and, 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 give, and, and be focused on not just the future, but what's happening right in front of you. So it's been um, it has been a, a, an interesting journey, to say the least, but just never it's it's never been more exciting to be involved in, in this work than right now. Um, and to see so many people interested in and in rallying behind social justice movements is just um, it's kind of what keeps you going day to day. Yeah, you're right. So in that vein, can you take a moment and tell us why diversity, equity, inclusion are important? Because we have the world at large, but then we also have its new. Essentially, what benefits does it bring and how does it impact everyone? Because I'm not sure we think about that as, as everyone. Sure. No, I, um, uh, I think it's a, it's, a big, it's a big question. Uh, but I think like for, when, I, when I think about just from my lens, just as just me speaking, it's like to me, it's, it's just number one, the right, it's the right thing to do to, um, to create a, a world and a space within our own um, kind of area of control to, that, that is inviting and um, in, inclusive of people from all walks of life. So to me, like the reason what attracted me to, to this work at SNU was just like, to me, it's just something that I'm personally invested in. And it's just to me the right thing to do. I, th I consider it a, a human right that everybody has or the right to pursue life, liberty, and happiness, not just some people, but all, all people. Um, and I also feel like um, 
diversity, equity, inclusion are, live at the forefront of what we what we do every single day. So when you think about how do we build in um, uh, diverse and high performing teams, how do you create a, a learning environment that's suitable for not just some but all of your students? Um, how do we create the programs people want, even if they don't look or think or learn like we do? Or uh, and how do you create equitable outcomes? To, to me, that's why DEI is so important. Is like we aim to serve. Um, students that are often not served by traditional higher ed. So I think when you to keeping DEI at the forefront of how we teach and how we how we how people learn and, and how we just address one another, it's just critically um, important. Um, I think about the benefits, like what benefits does do diversity, equity, inclusion bring? Because again, like a lot of times you're asking people to do this work on top of the other work they're, they're they maybe came here or like or responsible day to day to do. But to me, DEI. Um, it helps like creating diverse teams um, helps you be more creative, come up with those novel approaches to problems that maybe you can't solve on your own. So you get those different um, perspectives that, that a diverse team can bring. I mean, I think about times that you've been staring at a problem and you get stuck, but bringing in somebody who's maybe thinking about it from a totally different position than you, you're like instantly this, it becomes apparent like what the solution is. Right. So you, you just get that better. I think, that, and I think the data shows that the reason the way it benefits DEI benefits everybody is that there's data to and studies to suggest that diverse teams outperform um, non-diverse teams. There's a great study by McKinsey a few years ago that put data behind it to any of the kind of non-believers, so to speak, that are like, why why should we make this a, um, it's nice to have, but why is it a must have? And it, it, the data is pretty clear and compelling that diverse teams strictly just simply outperform uh, other teams and their peers. Um, so if it wasn't good enough just to be the right thing to do, it actually is a, it's a business imperative because it, it, like the data with, um, indicates that you'll be a better business for it, for those, for the innovation and creativity that, that DEI brings to the table. Right. Right. One of the, my favorite examples I heard a couple of years ago was, um, the place in a sidewalk where there's a crosswalk and there's a, a dip, right? And that may yeah, have yeah. been first been provided for, say, someone in a wheelchair, someone that had accessibility issues. But in reality, everybody, every literally everybody benefits from it. Mothers with kids in strollers, people on bikes, uh, everyone. And so this is, I think, a lot of a lot of what we do in a lot of those DEI initiatives is not readily seen. But then, like in hindsight, you look back and think, "Oh yes, well, of course, this this helped all of our learners, even though it was aimed towards you know perhaps visually impaired people." Or so it, it a lot of it is is that yeah. cumulative effect, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that example too. Like the the yeah, it's like like curbs get in the way for everybody, not just not just they serve a purpose. I trip but over them, them all the time. <laughs> yeah, do you need them everywhere? It's like that. <laughs> universal design concept uh mm -hmm. is just so great and if you if we and like i guess those same questions like how do we design our courses or our employee experiences to be the same way that like do we unintentionally put barriers in the way of people because i don't think the since i've been here i you rarely do you see like some intentional design that's keeping learners from being their best but a lot of times it's just these advertent or um uh, uh, things that were you maybe made sense at the time, but you didn't think about like, oh man, this is actually this policy is is really tripping our students up and 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 causing them to to not persist. So uh, I, I love that that 
applying that lens to to all that we do. Like, how are we getting in our own way, uh, even even though we've got great intentions? Right. Yeah. It's it's and having that those additional perspectives, and like you said, we may not see it, uh, yeah. but once we're aware of it, we can then be, do something about it. Exactly. Um, so with all of that said, um, what are, can you talk about some current initiatives that ODI is working on or, um, things that are maybe staff facing or faculty, like our adjuncts, student facing, what, what are some interesting things going on these days? Oh yeah. I'm like, probably like all teams we're uh, we've, we've got a ton of, uh, projects that we're actively working on, um, that love to share. I mean, what one I think that's definitely um, staff facing and, and faculty uh, and adjunct facing is our um, we've stood up two new um, employee resource groups and other acronym ERGs. Uh, so an ERG is an employee sponsored community, so to speak. That like uh, and so and so we have this the university actually launched um, in partnership with the People Group. Uh, Odie worked to launch two ERGs this year, past year. One is um, for uh, people of color and their allies. Um, you might hear it referred to as HUES, H-U-E-S. I can't believe I'm doing so many acronyms, but HUES is the humans understanding um, um, and supporting one another. I just totally butchered the, the what the acronym is. Um, helping helping understand, oh God, I'm, ah, this, I, for, I, for, I can't remember. I'm sorry, Kendra, um, if she's listening to this, but uh, the first one is HUES. It's, it's, it's around, um, uh, yeah, communities uh, that are supporting people of color and, and their allies. And the second um, ERG is around mental wellness. So that just launched a few months ago, but mental wellness is just such an important area uh, and creating a community dedicated to uh, mental well-being uh, was a university priority. Uh, so that's our second um, ERG that um, any any uh, employee can, can actively get involved with. Um, we're also working on um, uh, curriculum assessments. So we're working, starting with the um, criminal justice program. We're actually just a few days ago uh, are working towards finalizing a report on doing a curriculum assessment. Just really take a hold the mirror up and see like uh, is our curriculum um, other opportunities to improve our curriculum and keep our students, all students actively engaged in, in those learnings. Like, are there, are there things in the kind of like we were just talking about in the curriculum that might be unintentionally leading to um, students not persisting or just how do we improve that and, and improve it in a way that it can be applied to other um, programs besides criminal justice. So that's really a huge opportunity for the university to always have fresh uh, engaging content where students see themselves and can, and can be successful. Uh, we're also working on with the, a, a grant with the um, uh, the Gates Foundation to do an equity assessment or an equity audit across the whole student life cycle. So we worked with a lot of um, faculty and staff on that since last October to uh, really, again, look at that entire um, student journey from admissions to alumni to understand where are the areas where students are unusually like, successful or where there's opportunities with the goal of creating some pilot interventions in the, in, in the follow-on years of the grant, because it's a, it's a multi-year grant. So we just wrapped that up and got the findings from uh, the, vend- the, the vendor and partner we're working with so that we can come up with some um, pilot initiatives um, in, in the next upcoming year. So that's just another really critical project aimed at 
persistence and success and 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 and, and student outcomes. And the last one I would throw out there that we're working on um, is around bias response protocol. So we've noticed um, at a university at, at a level that there's been an uptick in in microaggressions and and um, and, and and complaints from our employees. So creating ways to create a, a better um, employee experience is something we're we're, we're working on um, upskilling all, all employees, not uh, not just some, but just on being able to create that environment for our employees that is um, where everyone can do their best. Um, so there's a, a, a new project we're working on there around um, how do you respond uh, and, tra- and, tra- and teach people to respond to in, in the moment to microaggressions and, um, and, and, and things of, of, of that nature. So there's just a, a taste of some of the things we're working on, but uh, uh, a, a lot and a lot of things that, um, um, that we're excited about. That's wonderful. I, I really like the sound of the last initiative you talked about because biases, the, some of them are conscious, but a lot of them are unconscious. And how do we know we have them? They're, they're baked into the way we speak and our language. And the fact that we work in education and university and have gone through the educational system and so many of them, it's just we don't know we have them, no, which exactly. becomes then- a big problem. Yeah, and then in that moment, how do you kind of name things if if something is happening, and all in the spirit of creating, really unleashing that op- that potential for um, high performing teams. So you do a lot of work to cr- like hire and create diverse teams, but how do you unleash that potential? Um, because because um, just by bringing people to the table doesn't give you that that benefit of of a diverse team. You have to create an environment where everybody can be successful and do their best. And really, I think that that's what that project is, is geared towards of creating those inclusive environments for, so that every employee feels they have that sense of belonging and, and can, can do their best work and day in, day out. All right. So the big question, how can we get involved? Uh, and like, is there a new number of layers here? Cause you have internal staff, you have adjunct faculty, students are out there like, how, what's the best way to get your feet wet? How do we get in there? Sure. Um, well, I, th- I think uh, one that just touched on briefly was are the employee um, resource groups, those ERGs, those are open to full-time, part-time. Everybody's welcome to participate and, and join in um, those ERGs. And there's the uh, so I think, number one, I, I would welcome people to explore those. And if that's an area of interest uh, to you, to um to, to, to just get involved, uh, we would we'd love to have you there. Um, another one that the, our office uh, sponsors is on a monthly basis, you can pursue what's called a, an inclusive innovation grant. So if there's an area that, uh, that you're passionate about and you can see a project where you want to, um, to, to, to kind of like make your mark, uh, Odie actually sponsors and, it will, will, and, and has resources to help you um, fund those projects. So every month we receive applications um, uh, on uh, for inclusive innovation grants and some some people across the university over the years have just done some really cool initiatives. So uh, that that's an avenue to get involved. Um, I'd also just offer that there's just a wealth of resources uh, across the university um, based on your areas of interest. We have this past year gotten access to LinkedIn Learning. So LinkedIn Learning has literally thousands of on-demand training on everything from unconscious bias to creating um, uh, inclusive um, uh, spaces within your team, such so as uh, things around um, 
gender identity and sexual identity. So if there's things you just are interested in, I would strongly encourage folks to check out LinkedIn Learning as well as Compass. There's a bunch of things out there. Um, really in an effort, I guess my, my plug there would be just uh, up, just upskill yourself. So like, I, th I think that it, you, it's hard to do this work, but I think it starts with ourselves. So just kind of like saying like, where do I, where are my interests? What do I want to learn more and how do I get better? So um, sometimes just picking up a book, you know, just reading, reading a book about like, and, and even if it's something that you're skeptical about at first, but just reading and, and learning and being curious, I think that's just something that, um, and just being a, a life learner in this space is something I would encourage you. So I think there's just so many ways to upskill yourself and learn and, and just kind of throw yourself, just lean, lean, as the saying goes, just lean into the work and just like, but, but whether you want to just go out and check out our, our OD website, there's a, a ton of resources out there. Uh, the LinkedIn learning, the compass or the ERGs are just a few of the, the many, many ways that, um, uh, any employee at SNU can can get involved and 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 learn and 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 just jump 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 headfirst into the work. Well, as a sidebar, I'd like to thank you and the Office of ODI that for the Inclusive Innovation Grant because we applied for one, we got it, and we were able oh, nice. to use the funds to purchase equipment, purchase the software, and pay people to be guests on this podcast. So, thank you for that. So we yes, we see the awesome. fruits of that. And so far, yeah, it's been. Quite a ride, and well, we're hoping to have our first handful of episodes released uh, next week. Oh, fantastic. I love to hear that. S success stories. It is, yes. And we will be reapplying because it has been just getting the people in the door, in the virtual door, I suppose, to talk <laughs> with them, right? Uh, which has been really, really wonderful. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Jared. We've learned a lot today. Um, DEI, the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, all the ways we can get involved, why it's important, which really, it makes a huge difference. Again, the world at large, which we all work and interact in every day, but then here it's new with our coworkers and students and can be important on so many levels. Um, so I want to thank you for, thank you for providing this information. And I hope listeners from what you've learned here today, that you will also be able to become an agent of change yourself. So thank you, Jared, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Southern New Hampshire University's Agents of Change, a social sciences podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review us, and be on the lookout for more exciting episodes. Goodbye for now. <laughs>